and welcome to Ask Nikki Novo. In this show, I'll be performing live readings for our listeners. Plus, we'll be exploring pop culture through a spiritual lens as I read the energy of celebrities and trending stories. It will be the best reading these celebrities never asked for. Get your heart ready because you're about to receive spiritual guidance for your everyday challenges. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Nikki Novo. I'm so blessed to be here with you. Today, we're going to explore the different paths our intuition leads us down and how to know if we're meant to follow a new path or stay on the one we're on. For our hot hit, we take a look at the new paths Giselle Bündchen and Tom Brady are about to embark on as their divorce begins to take shape. Let's get to it. Nikki, um, I'm at a little bit of a crossroads in my life. I, for the last year and a half, have been working with my mom on this yoga and Pilates studio, which I thought was my dream. And at this point, I'm feeling just a little burnt out and like I would rather um, have a career that perhaps had a little bit more financial stability and benefits and and all of that stuff. And yet a part of my heart calls and longs to just be out in nature all day and grow my own food. So my question for you is how do you make a decision when you almost have too many options? Like how do I know if I should be applying for this corporate job or trying to pursue uh, like a different professional career versus just (laughs) living on a farm? And how do you know what's escaping versus what is actually following your intuition? Thank you so much. Hi, Leah. Thanks for your question. Super relatable, right? Like, Should I stay in this path? Am I on the wrong path? Should I move to another path? (laughs) That's the question. So I'm going to teach you guys or show you guys a little bit of a technique that we learn in the Soul Reading Method, um, formerly known as Soul Teacher. It's my certification program. Like Leah's question is a perfect question to look into her path, which at the end of the day, um, you know, you can do that in the Akashic Records. You're really looking at the soul's contract to see you know, is this person on path? Are they off path? Are they really in alignment with what their soul came here to do? So this is like a question about paths. So right away, if I was doing a full reading on them, that's the first thing I would want to look into. So of course, it was the first one of the first things I did with Leah was I wanted to go into the Akasha records and look at her path. But before that, she asked this question of like, how do I even know if I'm like avoiding the truth or the hard work or whatever, or if it's really my intuition that's telling me like to go another way, right? Like, how do I know that? And right away, what I was getting from Leah when she was asking that, like her body showed up for me. And we sometimes like when we're making these decisions and we're trying to make intuitive decisions, right? Like we're trying to like go into the future, seek the future, all that stuff. We want to use those. We tend to want to use like those upper chakra centers, right? Like the third eye and the crown, like we're really trying to like use our mind's eye, our vision to like see the future. And um, yes, that's definitely like a tool that we can use, 
But if we, but we forget that our body is a great tool as well. So like our body can give us a lot of information. So instead of just like staying in our head and trying to figure it out in the head to really drop in and feel the body and see like, what is the body trying to tell me what, or, or not even what the body's trying to tell me, but what is the body going through? So for Leah, like I saw a lot of this almost like trying to be fixed in the upper chakra. So I saw all of her energy uh, from the neck up and almost like everything that has to do with this idea is only happening in the head. Uh, Nothing physical is happening. And that's like one of the problems here. Like there is a lack of grounding and the body and like where the energy is showing in the body will, is, is going to show us that. So Leah, for sure, like when you find yourself in this place of, you know, intuition versus like, am I just trying to avoid or whatever, really ask yourself like, how much of this energy is just existing in my head or, or in how much of it is proof, like physical proof, meaning like, man, I have worked my ass off for, you know, the last three years, nine hours, you know, a day I've done all the things and still I'm not getting anywhere with this company. Or is it that like, I'm thinking about it a lot. I have these ideas about it a lot. I have these visions a lot. Um, and that's where, where I'm making my choices from. So, um, I would first start with some grounding exercises, like really realizing that you have a lot of um, creative energy and which can seem as like anxious energy that, right, that hangs out in your body. So really moving your energy every day. So making sure you're doing exercise and um, movement, but then also like really telling your body like, okay, I know you're nervous. I know you're scared, but we're going to do some things today. Like we're going to do some physical Um, we're actually going to get our hands dirty when it comes to our path. So allowing that energy that's in your, from your, like, it really looks like it's from like the chin up, like letting that energy take up your full body. So imagining all that energy grounding into your neck and your shoulders and your arms and stomach and legs and feet and really rooting into the earth, like really being fully present in your full body. And then of course, like talking yourself through any sort of fears or anything like that. So that's the that's the first thing. And that's like how we can really like assess if we're like spiritual bypassing, you know, um, or if we are um, truly like being called to something else. If you're like really in your body, um, even your body is gonna, gonna give you little things like, um, you know, for me, when I'm misaligned, my health will go. And it's like telling me like, hey, you are on the wrong path because I'm almost like so in life and so doing things that I forget to actually connect to the higher stuff. So um, in this case, it's kind of like the opposite case. So really feeling and making sure your energy is fully in. Now, secondly, I wanted to look at your path, like I said. And even like you kind of gave me three paths, right? You said, this current path, which is like this company, this like yoga Pilates studio. Then there was this path of like, well, I can just apply to some like a corporate jobs. And then, but then there's a part of me that all I really want to do is like, um, you know, live on land and grow my own food. Right. So in a way, these are like three paths. It's this current path of the Pilates yoga studio, the idea of taking a corporate job and um, the food, I put like the grow life. (laughs) Right. So The first thing is I go into the records, I want to look at the path and I see like the current path, right? Like, which we can call like a timeline. 
And I actually like draw this out because I intuitively, I, I can sense the energy um, in, and then I have to like physically write it and draw it. And that's where I can like read it the best. So I'm drawing this line. I see the dot you're on. And what's happening right now is that you're on the right path, but you're supposed to be a little bit more ahead. So there's a little bit of like a overwhelmed deer in headlights, like not moving. And that's actually what makes this path feel a little weird because there's no momentum, there's no forward motion. So it could feel like the wrong path, but it's more the wrong path because there's no movement. So it's like, I'm on the right path. I'm just like stopped um, where maybe I should be a mile ahead. And I'm actually like, I've just stopped here. And this is what not feels right. Now, from here, I'm like, okay, well, what does it look like for corporate wellness? Corporate wellness, I'm sorry, corporate job is like almost like a detour. So I see that as another road. So I follow that road. And what I'm getting from that road is that um, it's going to take a lot of effort. Like, like it almost looks like you have to like reprogram your mind, um, kind of like, like, come like almost like brainwash yourself um, that these like corporate setups are good for you. And that in itself is going to take a lot of effort um, with your mind, but it'll like kind of deny what your body is saying. So I can see you getting there, but then what happens if you take that, I see it like a detour out to the corporate job. And then it looks like it's going to take effort again to detour back into that like um, growing the food and living on the land life. So it's like a lot of effort to get there and then a lot of effort to get out of there. So it is a path definitely to like the ultimate path, which is um, the land. I, I see the land and the growing food as the ultimate path. Like that's the vision, but there's a there's ways to get there. And while the corporate job is one way, it's a it's it's not energy efficient. It's almost like it takes a lot of energy to get to the corporate job and then it takes a lot of energy to get out of the corporate job. Yes, you land in the um, land and food, um, but it's kind of a, almost like a complicated way. As opposed to where you are and where, again, you're kind of meant to be like that forward, that almost like that mile ahead, that momentum that we're looking for. Um, I'm interested, I was interested in like, what is the journey to that, right? Like, what does it take to get there? And um, there's, this is like, if you were to stay, let's say on this path of the um, Pilates, the yoga studio, all that, it really is requiring these like upper level skills of yours which are going to be energy. So, you know, the same way it's going to take energy to get to the corporate job, it's going to take energy to get to this place, but it's like a more aligned energy for you. Going to the corporate job was almost like a brainwashing, like kind of avoiding what my intuition and my body feels, where this is almost like using energy to become the person that is meant to live on that land with the food. So, um, it's like, it's more of a direct path rather than the other one is like these like two detour paths, basically. And what is needed from here to there is you got to believe in your dream. Like you have to be more committed to this studio or the or the business working, um, you know, being open to, to pivoting, being open to upping your business skills, your leadership skills. Um, between you and your mom, it does look like 
like the roles have to be very defined. Like, what am I good at? Like, what is she good at? Um, and like really staying in those roles, like not, you know, crossing over and both of you doing a little bit of the same thing. Um, and it just looks like a, like a much stronger commitment to like this business is going to work. Like I'm going to create a business, maybe not exactly the vision I had um, or what we started off, right? Like our, you know, businesses, t- startups tend to pivot. Like that is very normal that they do pivot. So there might be a slight pivot from what the original vision was, but when a business can only pivot if the, like the leader is committed to it working, you know, like when, when a leader is like, well, this is the only way it work, it will work, then that is like most probably, yes, you're most probably going to fail. But when you are as a leader being like, this is going to work, like I'm going to have this business that's going to take care of me. That's going to ultimately bring me to this land. Like I see this happening. I don't have all the answers. I'm aware that I don't even have all the skills yet, but I'm going to invest in my own skills and and I'm going to be open to like any sort of pivot that might be showing itself. And this is going to be like a beautiful thing that works. So there's a kind of a, a resistance to tinkering. There's a resistance to like experimenting and 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 tweaking until this thing, this business really becomes something that is like fully functioning that works really, really well. And that is building these like beautiful skills in you that are really true to who you are and also like land you in that land in a way that is like less um, traumatic. (laughs) Like I almost see like the corporate thing being like going there and coming back is like this very traumatic road that can like lead you to get sick and then unsick where this is really like this path is really about just like getting strong. Like there's no, you're not going to get sick. This is more just like getting strong, believing in myself, believing in the dream, up-leveling my skills, um, you know, like really getting my hands dirty. And that's why that energy that's stuck in your head and your um, the upper chakras, they need to come down fully into the body because this is like a period of time where you're really going to get your hands dirty. And I see if you do this for two years, like really get your hands dirty with letting yourself create something that is going to sustain you and give you that next step, that you will be at that next step and that it is worth the climb. And that's what I got. Hope that was helpful. Friends, can I tell you something wild? I have more than a thousand people on my wait list waiting to have a reading with me. This podcast was born out of the desire to support more people, but lately I've been realizing that I can't do it by myself. And the truth is, I I don't even have to do it by myself because for the past two years, I have trained the best intuitives. Honestly, I'm not even exaggerating. The people who have studied under me in the Soul Reading Method, formerly known as Soul Teacher, are the best intuitives in the industry. And now I get to share them with you through our Soul Reading Directory. You can now book a reading with the readers I go to when I need help. I have really high standards when it comes to readings, and I feel so at ease recommending these talented intuitives and healers to you. When I need support in understanding my own intuitive messages, yes, it does happen, (laughs) I turn to these people. Every time I experience their gifts, I am completely blown away by their insight and how much clarity and peace I receive and leave with. They have trained to do readings the way I do through my signature method, but they also add their own unique talents and gifts, which is 
so fun to experience. If you're in need of a life-shifting reading, please visit nikkinovo.com and click on the button that says directory. You'll find my approved readers who all have different expertise and price points so you can find support at any stage in your journey. I can't wait to hear how your reading goes. Again, visit nikkinovo.com and click on the directory button for an amazing reading. Hi, Nikki. My name's Leanne, and I just first want to say thank you in advance. Um, Your guidance is so appreciated by myself and everyone else who is listening and submits questions. So thank you so much. My question is, I feel like I'm on the cusp of a new chapter in my life, but I have no idea what it is. I feel like I just have no clarity on what I'm supposed to do and what direction to go with my life path and career. So any guidance you have for me would be great. I'm doing a lot of healing at the moment, uh, both through nervous system work and through therapy as well. But I just feel like I just don't know what's going to happen next. And I just would love a little clarity. Thank you. Hi, Leanne. Thank you so much for your question. I wanted to just share with you that I just felt so much excitement um, around your future. And um, I really wanted to applaud you on um, doing the nervous system work and the therapy work because we don't, I don't, I think some of us like try to jump over that, you know, we want to go straight to the intuition. Uh, what's the psychic going to tell me what's coming next for me, all that kind of stuff. But what's interesting is that when we're trying to align ourselves with our highest truth and our biggest dreams, if we don't break down some of these like old ways of thinking or these old conditions, you know, that that, the kind of therapy work that like a good therapist can do and also work on our nervous system so that our body doesn't fight us as it moves into like newer things. Um, it, It doesn't matter what intuition or what guidance or what divine guidance comes through and you can have the best psychic give you the best reading. We're not going to be able to live into that if we haven't prepared both our mind and our body to move into this next um, stage and these um, next expansions. So like, thank you so much for modeling that for us and uh, for sharing that because that's truly what sets you up for some of the information that I'm going to share. And also it's like what made me feel instantly this excitement energy because you truly have, like the doors are opening for you and, and it has a lot to do with, the walls that you've been breaking down through the work you've been doing. So just wanted to applaud you for that. Okay. So, and thank you again for the uh, example. So this is really interesting. So what I was getting from this question was kind of like, um, you know, you're saying like, I'm a little lost. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know what's coming next. I don't know what to do with like career and all that stuff. And of course I don't have like the details of your career and things. So I can't, I'm not gonna be able to be like super specific, but I feel like what I can share will give you enough of like the next few steps. So I'm seeing like the 
the divine guidance, intuition, right, is trying to drop in. So like ideas, um, very, you know, like when I look at your energy, you very much have the energy of like a muse or an idea that wants to come through, um, but can't yet come through because of some blocks in your in your energy. So similar to uh, like sometimes I'll see people have like spirit babies around them and the spirit baby wants to come through, but there's still some like energetic blocks that we sometimes have going on that the baby can't really like sit in. An idea, even like a creative idea, a business idea, um, even like a next life type idea is it, I see it the same way. It's like almost this energy, like this little ball of energy that exists in the world and wants to be manifest, but it needs to come through a physical body. So it goes around like looking for people like us that are open to receiving that. So it's definitely a co-creation. It's a really beautiful thing. So I see some of these like almost like swimming around you wanting to come in, but the crown chakra specifically, which is the one all the way in the top, um, this is like our, this is a download center, you know, like this is like the spiritual connection, all that. Um, it looks like your left side is a little blocked off. Um, so it can't like fully drop in. And what all that it's missing really is your consciousness has to vibrate just a little bit higher. It needs a little bit of like higher um, uh, thought processes in order to, so it almost, the consciousness has to have like, at the end of the day, a higher vibration so that more doors can open. So the vibration that the consciousness has now, which is like, you know, it'll be limited because it has certain thoughts. It's like, only this is possible for me, you know, let's say, then only there's two doors open when that happens. But for you, there is meant to be more possibilities, but your consciousness is going to have to like connect and believe in that so that it can now all of a sudden have six doors open to you rather than like the one or the two that is currently in front of you. So one of the things you can ask yourself is first starting off with like, if I was brave, if I were a brave person, <laughs> what would I do? Because it feels like if you were truly, truly honest with you yourself, if you really connected to that inner child, that you would like totally know what to do. Like if you were being super honest with yourself, if you were being truly brave, there's a level of expression that you were you would allow yourself to to do, to express, to go into. So um, really like kind of positioning that question, knowing first of all, that it is within you. Uh, there's just like a little bit of like this, uh, not allowing myself, not like uh, not allowing myself to go there, not allowing myself to, overindulge, not allowing myself to really give myself um, th that gift of full expression. I do see you ultimately giving your inner child a stage. So it feels to me almost like if your inner child could like, you know, at eight years old, design its life um, without knowing that some things are not possible or without knowing that like, oh, some people are going to judge me if I do that or whatever. If if like the inner child really got to design your next stage, your life, that I, I, it would ask for like a big stage. So I almost see like expression, performance, putting myself out there. And it would be like, oh, this is like obviously what I would do. So it's like, we have to almost like release all the um, things that we've learned along the way, right? Like, oh, women can't do this, or this is not right if you're this age, or you should never say this, like all of those um, conditionings are limiting what the inner child knows that it wants to do. 
So another practice too is like right now, your inner child needs to dream. Like there needs to be space for like just silly things. Like it kind of reminds me of Alice in Wonderland. Like what's that quote from the look from like through the looking glasses? That's like something about like, you know, by a certain amount, by a certain hour of the day, I've already thought of like 17 impossible things. And that is really like the the truth of like a creative, a, a daydreamer, like somebody who really lets them think about like the craziest things um, and that there is no limitation as to like what's possible and what's not possible. So we need to activate that a little bit in you. I see that like the activation of the third eye within you to let yourself, to let, and you know, if you're, if you are doing the therapy work to actually let the inner child do some of that, like if it's too hard for the adult in you to do that, like if you could sit in meditation with your inner child, so, you know, get a notebook, close your eyes, see your inner child in a park and just imagine yourself talking to her and like, what would she dream up or what would she design and letting her dream and giving her permission to do so a little bit. And that is where we're going to start to see because intuition and divine guidance is really it gets very limited by the brain. Like whenever I'm teaching in the soul reading method, formerly known as soul teacher, I like, I see, like I can see it happening. Like all of us, like I see the girls in the class, like trying to get the messages. And as soon as it goes through the filter of the brain, ugh, it's lost. So we really have to like eliminate, you know, we have to connect ourselves and just for a minute be like, what if the brain, you know, all it's like, conditionings, like what, there's no place for it here. You know, the conditionings can work later and, and, you know, later on in my, in my day, I can let those conditions support me. But right now in this little exercise that I'm doing, that I'm really just trying to get this like divine guidance, this very like, you know, non-filtered divine guidance. I just want to take away the filtering of my programming. So intuition is very curious. It's very childlike. um, It's, it's fun uh, that's why I think people th- see that in my energy, but it's really because I'm like connected to like the creativity of intuition. So your mind needs a little bit of that. So sitting in meditation, invoking the inner child and just having some fun and writing down some like possibilities for you is going to be a really helpful um, exercise. I also got that some mantras for you that can be helpful is something like anything is possible. So just being, you know, really kind of moving your body and just being like, anything is possible, you know, like just really kind of childlike, like, oh, anything is possible. Like letting your mind get used to that thought. Um, Also, another mantra is I am open to all possibilities and and really like meaning it, you know, because I feel like sometimes we're like, I'm open to all possibilities, I swear. And it's we, in our back of our mind, we have all these like, well, I'm only open to possibilities if this and this and this doesn't happen. So um, really being like, kind of getting your your energy there, like to connect to like some being somebody who is open to all possibilities, like that freedom of like, I am open to all possibilities. So I feel like there's movies that we watch sometimes that there's these characters that are so free and they're like bohemian. And um, it's really the energy of that, like really being like, I'm open to all possibilities. Like I will listen to all ideas. And then uh, the last mantra I was getting for you was, I give myself permission to be fully expressed um, or I allow myself to have full expression because it's in you, but it's like there's still a little bit of you that's not letting yourself fully express these wild and crazy ideas and these wild desires. So 
um, really opening up your throat chakra, letting yourself fully express and repeating that to yourself and getting yourself ready. Maybe when you're doing some of the nervous system work, um, that's a good time to bring in these possi- these um, f- these mantras so that you can get into the energy and get your body ready to be like, it's okay, I'm going to take care of you, but like there's so much fun out there. There's so many possibilities out there. And um, opening, your, you know, opening yourself up to, to more doors. And that is where this next idea or like where this truth is really going to have space to be heard. And then, yeah, and then next stage is to have the bravery to follow it, you know, and get yourself the help. Like once you kind of start to see like, oh, like this is the thing that if I'm really being honest, if I'm really being brave, this is the thing I want to do. Okay. That, that, that's beautiful. And that does not mean that you need to do it on your own. Right. So once you get really honest about that, you're going to get yourself the support, whether it's a friend who has done it before, you know, you're going to call around, like you are going to figure it out and you're not going to do it alone. There's going to be people along the way that will be able to guide you uh, and help you and walk some parts of this next journey with you. All right. I'm so excited for you. I hope that my excitement is passed on to you. And uh, thank you so much for the example and the question. It's hot hit time. All right. We are reading Giselle and Tom today. I think a lot of us were sad about this divorce. And it's funny, once you start getting to like celebrity reads, you realize like how much divorce there is (laughs) going on. So um, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to get access, if their souls were going to give me space. Uh, I feel like it was a little... um, limited as to what I could get. Um, but they were definitely giving me access and gave me some messages that they wanted to share share with the collective. So yeah, I think we'll have some fun. Okay. So let me read my little disclaimer here, my handy dandy disclaimer. I have no personal connection to Giselle Bunchen or Tom Brady. So please take what I am saying during this podcast as strictly my opinion and what came through to me as an intuitive download and not basis in fact from anything that I have learned from Giselle or Tom, or anyone with first-hand knowledge of Giselle Bunchen and or Tom Brady. This reading and the information I am sharing is for entertainment purposes only. Okay, cool guys. So this is a story of reinvention, seasons, and unconditional love. That was like the first thing that they were trying to share with me. So uh, they've been together for 13 years is what I read. Uh, have two kids together, um, definitely have, uh, you know, at least in the public eye, I've seen like a very supportive couple, things like that. Um, but there's been all this gossip around um, Giselle wanting Tom to leave his, um, leave football. And then, you know, he retired and then he came back from what I understand. Um, my Actually, my husband doesn't follow any sports, so I don't know too much about sports, but I was, you know, researching this a little bit. And it's funny, Giselle Soul was like, ugh, like annoyed by what was being said in the media because she was like feeling like it was all misunderstood and, um, you know, like just not told the right way. So this is really like, so again, we like to read these celebrities not from like this gossipy place, but really like what can these stories teach us and what, how can we reflect in our own lives, like based off these stories. And this is like a, kind of a sad story because it's like these two souls that were together, a lot of love between the two, a lot of, um, you know, such two such beautiful people, you would think that it would be, you know, filled with like 
scandal and outside relationships. And like, this was like a really kind of um, beautiful family. Giselle specifically seems like she comes from very strong roots. So being like a good, like a loyal wife and a good mom is very natural to her. So their family was kind of um, as normal as, you know, as as you might think, or, or I guess like more normal than we would think, let's say. So these, um, and that was a lot of what they came together for. They came, they were both had those same values. It seems like they both came from these like good, you know, like these roots that wanted to then create a family with strong roots. So that was a lot of why they came together. And um, it's funny, they're both like these very successful people that like really go into their roles, like whatever their role is, like they're going to do their best at that role. And like any, you know, like a lot of our, you know, relationships as man and wife and husband and wife, we go into that like very wife, mother role. And then the other one goes into like maybe the husband or maybe provider, very, very um, traditional roles here. And um, it was good for a time when like they were really in their roles, but Giselle specifically is having some sort of, or has been having um, these like awakenings, basically. A lot of her time as a mom and as a wife was almost like giving her a break from some like labels, I guess, from her career. And it gave her like space to, to kind of let go of those labels, like almost like not having to be too much into that career and gave her a little bit of space to self-discover, but still in the constraints of like, mom and wife. And um, now it just seems like she's really trying to break down those light labels and go outside of these uh, categories that she's, you know, these boxes basically that she has been placed in, which many of us are placed into, right? And um, a lot of like, I guess the reason, and so it's actually kind of a little bit of a sad story because it's kind of like almost this soul knows that they have these journeys to go on and they know they can't go on these journeys together. And that's like the saddest part. And I, to give you a story that might like explain this a little bit better, I recently uh, went on my 40th birthday trip with my girlfriends that are all, that we all turned 40 this year and we've been friends forever since middle school. And um, I, when I left Miami to move to North Carolina, I kind of like just breezed over the topic of like saying bye to my friends. Like, yes, we had like a little um, dinner, whatever, but it was very much like, don't worry, I'll be back. Like it didn't feel like so permanent by any means, right? And I I didn't even like let myself feel anything. Um, But I go on this trip and they all fly in to San Francisco from Miami and I fly in from Asheville, North Carolina, have the trip, have the best time. We all are flying back home from San Francisco, they're all going to Miami and I'm going to Asheville. And my flight's two hours later than them. So I say goodbye to them. I see them going on the plane. And all of a sudden, like all this sadness that I hadn't like allowed myself to feel started coming over me and realizing like how much I love these women and my sisters and like my friend, these friends of mine that have been with me this whole entire journey but also knowing that I can't be on the same journey with them anymore. Like very much knowing that my heart was pulling me to another journey, which is moving here, moving into this life that I'm living. And just this like sadness of like loving them deeply, but also knowing I can't be with them. 
And that's a lot of like, as soon as I was reading Giselle and Tom, I was like, oh, this is a very similar story. It's almost like, I love you deeply. We love each other deeply. But these journeys, specifically Giselle's journey, Tom seems like almost like a journey he has to go on, but like doesn't really want to go on. And she like knows that she's being pulled into another direction with a lot of sadness, though, at the same time, like um, just very similar to that airport story that I'm telling you. So that's, I think, what makes this situation a little sad. Um, She was also, Giselle was doing more of the, like her soul was speaking more than Tom's and, but she was really talking about the throat chakra, both of them, like kind of like referring to both of their throat chakras. And there's something about this relationship that really doesn't allow them to express their true voice. Um, it seems like almost kind of like, I don't know if you guys ever watched um, Michelle Obama, like talking when she wrote Becoming, like after she, you know, after they were out of the White House, she talked about like how for all those time in the White House, like she was super limited as to what she would could say. And, you know, that was why she was excited to write the book. And of course, of course I'm sure she's not like, saying it all, but she had a little bit more space to speak. And that's kind of like, there's something about this Giselle and Tom relationship that it it seems like almost his his position is almost political um, and has like, his brand has such like a, an important place in like these franchises, like the NFL franchises or something. So like she is not allowed to really be herself or express herself because it'll reflect on him and like cause problems. Um, in his career and things like that. So their throat chakras are, and then he, see, and then also she was kind of complaining that his throat chakra is limited because of his position, but also he's okay with the limitations. She's the one that's like not okay with these like limitations. And um, this is why specifically like she's looking to not be connected to this person so that she can be a little more of herself and um, be more expressive and be more authentic. So um, that was like, it's the throat chakra is, is causing a big problem. And then I was wondering about like this football stuff, like, is this true? Because there's all these um, articles saying that like, she was, you know, pressuring him to leave football and, um, you know, that's whatever. And that's the reason they moved. And I don't know all this stuff. I, I don't know all the details, but I was asking about that and she was showing me like his hands, <laughs> like she was like kind of pointing me towards his hand and then like a football would fall into the hand is what I would see. And what I was getting from that, she was saying that like, as long as there was like a football, she like lost him. Like it seemed like this is a person that um, is so focused on this one thing, kind of like that uber focus, you know, like how some of us who are like ADD or ADHD, like we can't focus on any, on a lot of things, but then there's like this one thing that we like really lose ourselves in. And it seems like that, you know, football is that for him. And she was just kind of saying like, I need presence. Like she was kind of saying that like, I lose him and not necessarily that it was like an ultimatum. There was just more like, you know, if you could do football and be present, then fine. But it seemed like there was like this loss, like almost like, um, not I want to say addiction, but like nothing, like I could ignore everything and just like really put myself into this football where I'm really good at. And like nobody, you know, like challenges me to like look at my my faults or whatever. And um, it was kind of almost like this place that I can hide in and she needed like more presence and she just kept losing him and to this thing. Um, which I think a lot of us can relate, right? I think um, 
anybody that maybe is with a partner that is a workaholic or like really, you know, that like almost, I can just stay here and it's like this cloth, this cloak that hides me from like looking at other parts of myself. And um, that was hard, it seemed like. And she really wanted to evolve and evolve the relationship. And then in addition to that, like Giselle is very aware that she's moving into this journey of like, who am I? Like, who am I, you know, outside of being a supermodel? Who am I outside of being um, this person's husband, you know, these children's mother? And um, and he, and it looks like he's going to be like forced into that soon, but there's a little bit more of, um, I don't want to say denial, maybe it's not the right word, but almost like just not, not wanting to go down that journey. And there's nothing wrong with that. It almost seems like he... He, he doesn't have to go down a um, who am I kind of like find myself journey. And he's like trying to, I don't, I don't even want to use the word avoid because it's like almost not the word. It's just like the choice, you know, like he's like going to choose to not go there as much as like she wants to jump more in. And that seems to also create these like separate paths where they can't like no longer um, be on the same path together. So I, I think it's going to be beautiful. And it's, it really does seem like a good decision specifically for her to like really kind of go into like, who am I, explore a little bit more, like have her own identity. She really looks like she is very aware of these like fake identities that um, that women are placed into or that she's been placed into. And she wants to like live outside the box. As for like other partners, of course, I think it's like these two beautiful people. We wonder like, are they going to be with other partners or how that's going to go? Tom is like very goal oriented. So it seems like he's going to go like really into being like, um, because this is kind of a failure on his part. Um, It's kind of how it feels. So it looks like he's going to like really throw himself into like the work and the kids um, and almost really try to avoid partnership, but it does look like he does like to have a partner. So maybe just we'll try to be like hidden for as long as possible. And Giselle's just going to be very free. I feel like the media, the patriarchy media might go after her and try to paint this picture of her like being a bad mom um, or whatever the patriarchy like wants to do. Like it looks like there's going to be like... When we look at what's going to happen media-wise, like this is where the patriarchy is like really going to try to uphold the patriarchy. So almost like, look at this great dad, like still working and being a dad and all these things. And then like, look at this woman running off to Bali and like these sexy photos. Um, So we're probably going to see a little bit of that because this is very much um, a, a patriarchy story. This is very much a like stay in your roles story. And um, this person, Giselle, very smart, very trying to like get out of these rules, but in a safe way. Um, but there is going to be some backlash for this um, lack of categories and roles um, that she's like really trying to break down. So I think it'll be interesting to watch her after this. I'm sure so many of you relate with that, right? And um, I think that there is you know, Benny and I, my husband and I went through that. Like we went through a reinvention after 10 years of our marriage and our journeys were about to go in different ways. And we both wanted the same thing, like to go outside of those boxes. And that's how we were able to stay together. But we were 
both very aware that we might not be able to stay together. So it's sad. It has nothing to do with like, you know, failing. It, it really doesn't. It's just like these journeys start to show themselves and not one journey is better than the other, you know? And it's just sad when some people are like, when we're not meant to do journeys with each other, but we've been doing a journey for so long together. And this is like a split in the road. This is like a fork in the road for this relationship. So that's what I got, guys. Hope that was helpful. Hope that gives you a little bit of reflection and can't wait for next week. I leave you with this blessing, a sacred song written and performed by my dear friend, Lindsay Simsick. This is Clarity. Oh, 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 oh,